My name is Ben Greenfield, and on this episode of the Ben Greenfield Life Podcast. On average, produce is two weeks old from the time it was in the ground and harvested, transported in refrigerated trucks, and by the time you eat it, it's already old. When you're eating a sprout, you're eating the root, the shoot, the endosperm, the embryo, the testa, and you're eating it whole while it is alive. So you're eating pure, living, optimum food. Almost everything else that someone's eating is already dead, putrefying, or decaying, or rotting. Fitness, nutrition, biohacking, longevity, life optimization, spirituality, and a whole lot more. Welcome to the Ben Greenfield Life Show. Are you ready to hack your life? Let's do this. I was recently at this uh, health event, and there was a company there. They were called Mary Ruth's. I, I'd seen them before at Whole Foods and some other grocery stores. I hadn't really tried much of their stuff. But while at the event, I had a chance to try some of their liquid mint chlorophyll, a few of their gummies with omega-3s and 6s and 9s, and this fantastic chocolatey collagen stuff that was just addictingly good. So I left the event and I wound up uh, having them send me some of their other stuff, this delicious raspberry liquid morning multivitamin that's got minerals and amino acids and vitamins, uh, which is great for people who don't want to swallow pills, a whole range of gummies and these droppers. I've got their ashwagandha and their holy basil dropper right now up by my bedside for if I wake up in the wee hours and I want to knock out some stress. What I like about their multis is they're well formulated. They don't use like synthetic forms of folic acid. By the way, they use L5 methyl tetrahydrofolate, indicating if you don't know anything about that, they're smart, they know what they're doing, and their stuff tastes good. And they have a whole range of products. Also, some fantastic calcium and vitamin D3 they make for healthy bones. Very well formulated. So they're called Mary Ruth's Organics, and they were kind enough to give all my listeners 20%. That's generous. 20%. Here's how you go to their website, or you can go to Amazon. The code works either way. So MaryRuthsOrganics.com, MaryRuthsOrganics.com, or Amazon. Here's your code. M-R-O, like Mary Ruth's Organics, Ben G-2-0. M-R-O, Ben G-2-0. Hopefully that's not too much for you to memorize. M-R-O, Ben G-2-0. Save 20% on Mary Ruth's Organics. Seems as though NAD, NR, NMN, niacinamide, these are all the darlings of the anti-aging and longevity supplement industry right now, and for good reason. If you have healthy NAD status, you get consistent natural energy without artificial stimuli. But even more importantly, it supports your body's increased demand for NAD as you age. Your DNA are healthier, your cells are healthier. And I think one of the most advanced health optimization supplements ever formulated is NAD Regen. What the company Biostack Labs has done is taken niacinamide, the precursor to NAD. Then they've combined that with wasabi extract, theocrine, and cuprous niacin to keep it in your system for longer. Tossed in resveratrol, which is technically called a sirtuin, to allow for better DNA repair. Thrown in spermidine, totally potent, separate anti-aging and longevity compound. A little bit of black pepper extract in the form of biopairing to make it even more bioavailable. Man, they went to town in terms of addressing NAD supply, NAD demand, NAD salvage pathways, and they've done studies showing that NAD3 can improve NAD status by supporting its synthesis and limiting its degradation, and this stuff is just formulated amazing. 
I take three capsules every morning. I take about five if I'm sleep deprived because NAD is great for sleep deprivation. It's called NAD Regen. You get 15% off at Biostack Labs. Go to biostack.com, B-I-O-S-T-A-C-K.com slash Ben15. Get 15% off automatically as long as you spend 100 bucks or more and you're going to want to. Spend 100 bucks or more on biostack.com slash Ben15. Get 15% off. And again, this stuff is called NAD Regen. So I have this friend in Seattle, Dr. Christine Schaffner, and she recently formulated via her company, the Apothecary, this transdermal cream. So you know how you could take supplements before bed to wind you down, but what if you could just apply them on your skin and get one of nature's most potent inhibitory neurotransmitters absorbed straight into your body, bypassing digestion, bypassing the liver. This is basically something that gets rid of all the issues with nighttime GABA supplements, which are often ineffective due to your digestive tract barrier. All you do is you massage a pea-sized amount in your temples or the back of your ears or both before bedtime. And I've been doing this. I got my hands on this stuff a month ago. It's incredible. And what they do is they take bioactive fermented chondroitin sulfate, which allows this stuff to cross the blood-brain barrier. They combine it with transdermal liposomal GABA. Super smart stuff. It's a 30-second bedtime ritual. You put this stuff on. It's amazing. It's called Somnium. Somnium. Great name. So I recommend that you pick it up and you get yourself about a three-month supply or so, which they have a special code set up on. If you go to ipothecarystore.com, good luck spelling that. I'll put it in the show notes wherever you happen to hear this ad as well. But Ipothecary, I-P-O-T-H-E-C-A-R-Y-S-T-O-R-E, Store. Dot com slash Ben. Use code Ben20 for 20% off. This stuff is good for stress, for trauma, for better REM sleep, for insomnia, and a whole lot more. So check it out, Somnium. Well, folks, I got a repeat guest today, Doug Evans, who is a sprouting nerd. He is a guy who knows more about sprouts than anybody I know. And that sprouts might sound kind of boring to you, but Man, if you heard our first episode about sprouting, and I'll link to it in the show notes, if you go to bengreenfieldlife.com slash sproutingpodcast, bengreenfieldlife.com slash sproutingpodcast, then you heard some pretty cool information about the transformative power of sprouts. And we'll, we'll be going over a lot of that today, so you don't have to go back and listen again. But Doug has a very interesting story as far as how he got into sprouts, and he has probably been my single biggest resource, both he and his book called Appropriately Enough, The Sprout Book, on how to actually figure out how to sprout, how to do it properly, what kind of things to sprout with, and even some newer technologies and tools that Doug develops and has developed, uh, especially this past couple of years, in terms of helping to make sprouting easier. So, uh, Doug, I guess the, the million dollar question we got to start off with is, did you have sprouts for breakfast this morning? Um, actually I haven't eaten yet this morning, Ben, but as soon as I eat, I'm going to be eating sprouts. (laughs) You know, my, my wife has been using those two sprouting jars that you sent up to us a few weeks ago to make sprouts every week. So I've got a fresh batch to add a little bit to in my morning smoothie each day. And, uh, I enjoy them, man. They're fantastic. They, they kind of give this nice creamy, rich texture to the smoothie. And I think, I think it was, you might remember this, was it Dr. Rhonda Patrick back in the day who 
was spreading around this idea that if you blend sprouts, that you somehow activate more of the cancer-fighting sulforaphane in the sprouts. Did you ever hear that? Yeah. Basically, what happens is inside of the sprout, there are like little vacuoles, and one holds the glucosinolate, glucoraphanin, and another one holds the enzyme myrosinase. And when you chew, break, or an insect bites them, the two vacuoles open up and they blend, and that's what forms sulforaphane. So the freezing action actually has um, this same effect. Does that actually mean that you should keep your sprouting seeds in the freezer? Would it allow for more sulforaphane to get unlocked if you were to do that prior to actually sprouting, or does that matter? No, no. You would. You may want to store your sprouting seeds, like you know, store the broccoli seeds in the freezer um, as a additional form of preservation. But when you consume them, the best thing to me, I love fresh. So if you're eating them fresh, you get the flavor, the texture. But if you're if you're busy and you're sprouting more than you can consume and you want to store them in the freezer, I would store them in individual um, sections of, a, of an ice cube tray, and then you could pop them into a smoothie, and then you're going to maximize the biological chemical reaction um, when you're consuming the smoothie. Wait, do you mean you would take you would take the sprouts that you've already made, like you've sprouted seeds, and you would store those sprouts in the freezer? Correct. If you want to be able to have you know sulforaphane on demand, you can freeze them, then throw them into a smoothie, and then get them. And you 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 don't have to have fresh growing all the time. Okay, that's actually good to know. I wasn't quite sure if you could freeze them, but it sounds like not only would freezing allow for you to better preserve your sprouts, but it may actually allow for better bioavailability of the sulforaphane if you were to like blend your frozen sprouts. That, that, that would be correct. Okay, that's interesting. All right, so we, we probably put the cart ahead of the horse here, just jumping into the, the deep logistics of freezing versus not freezing your sprouts. But you actually have a pretty interesting story. What, what actually got you into sprouts in the first place? So I, I first saw sprouts at the farmer's market in New York City in Union Square 30 years ago. And I was drawn to the freshness. Like I love the, the green color. I love the simplicity of them. And so I've been sprouting, you know, literally for 30 years. But it was about seven years ago when I moved to the desert and I moved to the Mojave Desert to Wonder Valley Hot Springs when for the first time I didn't have access to food, that I was living in a food desert, not just the Mojave Desert. And, and, I, I love plants. I eat a lot of plants. I've been eating raw plants for 25 years, almost exclusively, but here I had no other options. And so I asked the universe, I said, what can I do for food? And then I got the idea, oh, I could sprout. And the, the download that came to me was three parts. Number one, sprouts were vegetables. They were a food. So if you eat vegetables, you could eat sprouts as a food source. And number two, sprouts were vitamins and minerals that every sprout contained every amino acid 
to form complete proteins. They were phytonutrients, micronutrients, polyphenols, bioflavonoids. They had so much in them that you could literally use sprouts as an alternative to a multivitamin or to a protein powder. And three, and this just blew my mind and all the research support this is that sprouts were medicine and that there were thousands of peer reviewed published studies on the medicinal properties of sprouts from their anti-cancer aspects to raising heat shock proteins to detoxifying benzene and other air pollutants from the lungs to regulating insulin levels and diabetics. There's like this whole body of supporting research around sprouts as medicine. I actually didn't know about lung pollution. That's, that's pretty interesting. So you said it, it detoxifies benzene from the lungs? Yeah, the, the action of the sulforaphane opens up the NRF2 pathways and forms, basically it's killing and weakening the weak cells, the compromised cells, and it's also causing the extraction and excretion of benzene and the other air pollutants for the lungs. So pretty much benzene, you know, we have a million firefighters in the United States that have all been exposed to benzene, that anyone who's smoked a combustible cigarette or marijuana is exposing themselves to benzene and other like um, air pollutants. And these things form in the lungs. So the, the, there's an action inside of the sulforaphane, which actually helps to heal. So as opposed to taking something to kind of numb the body, this is actually healing the lungs and healing the internal organs. Yeah, you got to write your next book, Sprouting for Potheads, or uh, come out with a, with a Cheeto-flavored sprouting seed, Doug. No, that would... Uh... That would, that would certainly be popular. I just got back from India, actually, all joking aside. The pollution is horrific there. I didn't come across many places that had sprouts, but it's been, uh, you know, been very, uh, very front and center for me. I have a nebulizer here on my desk. I've been nebulizing a hydrogen peroxide and saline solution. I've been using a high doses of antioxidants. I'm, I, I've been eating sprouts, but didn't realize that they would have an effect as well. Now, there, it's interesting because, and you're no doubt aware of this, being in the plant-based and sprouting industry, Doug, there's a pretty big push towards people uh, re really kind of decrying the benefits of plants and instead championing the idea that plants have such a host of built-in plant defense mechanisms that they could be harmful for you. You know, I would imagine that if I don't know, like the carnivore MD, you know, he's a great guy. My friend, uh, Paul Saladino, were on the show with us. He'd say, well, sprouts are bullshit because, you know, he goes through the grocery store and just holds up all the different plants and you know, tells you that yeah. they're bullshit. And I recently interviewed Stephen Gundry and I said, well, what do you yes. think about sprouting? I said, because, you know, when, when you sprout, when you ferment, when you soak and when you slow, uh, when, when you when you do slow prep methods, you even pressure cook many plants you can often make them more digestible. And he said, no, no, no. If you sprout a seed, it's going to concentrate the lectins and make it even more harmful. So I'm curious what your take is on this. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's something that you've thought about. And not to muddy up the waters too much with this question, Doug, but you know, when you talk about sprouts having a lot of amino acids in them, and that's my understanding too, they have a really great amino acid profile. 
obviously you'd have to eat a lot of them to get all of the protein that you need for the entire day. And it makes me wonder if, if you try to get all of your protein from sprouts, if you'd wind up with some digestive distress. I mean, Ben, I've lived exclusively on sprouts for 30 days at a time. Wow. And I never became emaciated. I had maximum energy. You know, when I did my chronometer to analyze, I was probably at 80% carbs, 10% fat, 10% protein, exclusively from eating the sprouts. But if you were to eat more of the protein-oriented sprouts, like it's well known uh, that soy has protein in it. Um, garbanzo beans, legumes, lentils, um, mung bean, all have um, amino acids that form complete proteins and they're very bioavailable. But I want to go back to this lectin you know, conversation because the science you know, supports that if you take a seed and a seed is a complete living organism in a dormant state. And what allows that seed to stay in this dormant state are nature's preservatives, which include lectins, phytic acid, trypsins. And so when you take the seed and you imbibe it with water, you soak it with water, it triggers a chemical uh, reaction, which is causing the seed to begin to germinate. And by doing that, you remove the enzyme inhibitors. You reduce the phytic acids and the trypsins and the lectins. Like it, you could literally, when you're soaking the seeds, you could see you're washing away the lectins because you're initiating a metabolic transformation from a seed into a vegetable. So I don't I have no idea where um, Dr. Gundry is getting this information, but you can't be concentrating it because the, the sheer act of sprouting is creating exudate, which is the biofilm transfer, the wasting. It's almost the shedding of the seed. So I, I, I after you sent me that teaser question, I did research on research at research, and this may have just been a hallucination or a triggering comment by, by Dr. Gundry. Yeah, well, I mean, he, he's an interesting guy. He, he, does, he does sell supplements, too, that supposedly digest lectin for you. So, you know, there might be a little bit of a, you know, a little, little bit of capitalism at play with his thoughts about sprouts. But, that, you know, what you just explained, that was kind of what I thought was that, well, everything I know about sprouting or soaking or fermentation or, or rinsing and and, and the like helps to pre-digest a lot of these potential digestive irritants or autoimmune assailants. And so, you know, your reply makes sense. So has anybody actually ever tested, do you know, the lectin content of say like a seed versus a sprout? I mean, I, I think that the, le the, to answer your question, I don't know, right? So I, I don't have an answer to that. But I think that by and large, to attack lectins, right, and say don't eat legumes, which have been, you know, the largest population studies 
you know, have included people eating large amounts of legumes as part of the staple of their diet, you know, for, for centuries, if not from the beginning of time. Well, I mean, Stephen argues that, I think this is what he said during my podcast, that that those populations are living a long time despite those harmful dietary practices and that their genetics and other lifestyle factors are protecting them. And uh, that that technically they'd be even healthier if they were to eliminate things like legumes and wheat. Okay? He's, he's got some interesting ideas, but I don't want to spend the whole podcast talking about Stephen, I'd I'd rather focus on these sprouts because just so my audience knows, like I eat them. I don't necessarily yeah. like you survive solely on sprouts for thirty days, but they're a staple of my diet ever since I read your book, this the sprouting book. But when I got your book, they were kind of a mystery to me. Like they were the overpriced little things in plastic containers that you get at the grocery store that cost an arm and a leg. I didn't realize, kind of like I have since then, with things like you know, I make water kefir, I make dairy kefir. And my wife makes the sourdough bread that would normally cost like eight bucks a loaf at the grocery store. And we make our own yogurt now. And once you learn how to do these things, you save a lot of money. But the the thing I want you to explain to my audience, and this might seem like a dumb question, but it would have really helped me if I would have heard it back in the day, is how do you actually sprout? So sprouting has been around, you know, no, the first instances of sprouted seeds goes back 3000 BC, right? So they go back for a long time as sprouted seeds as sustenance, right? So it's not new. For the last 300, 400 years in the developed world, people were sprouting using a mason jar, cheesecloth, and they would add the seeds, right? So you can take, you can take a jar, yeah. right? Take a measuring spoon and basically you add, you know, we, we make a quarter cup measuring spoon. So you take a quarter cup of seeds, right? So, you know, throw in some broccoli seeds, quarter yeah. cup, and then you fill it up with just about this much water so that, you know, one, one quarter cup of seeds with one cup of water, and then you let them soak during the course of the day or overnight, call it eight hours. And then twice a day, you rinse the seeds. I, and, and by the way, I know this because the post-it note right next to our kitchen sink that says sprouts to remind us to do the rinsing. Yeah, well, look, so, so that was the basic thing. So if you take you know, a quarter cup of seeds, it will create six cups of sprouts in about five days. So the, and each of those cups, when you talked about costing an arm and a leg, if you went to the health food store, you'd pay three to five dollars per cup. Yeah. And here you could take one quarter cup of seeds and make six cups of sprouts. And you're getting, you know, just if we think about this, number one, you know that they're fresh because you are growing them. Number two you know that they're clean because you're washing your jar, you're washing the seeds, you're supplying the water. Number three, when you harvest them, you can look at them and normally, whether it's sprouts or regular produce from the, the grocery store, on average, produce is two weeks old from the time it was in the ground and harvested 
transported in refrigerated trucks. And by the time you eat it, it's already old. When you're eating a sprout, you're eating the root, the shoot, the endosperm, the embryo, the testa, and you're eating it whole while it is alive. So you're eating pure living optimum food. Almost everything else that someone's eating is already dead, putrefying, or decaying, or rotting. So you've probably heard of nootropics, which are mind-directing compounds that enhance your cognition. You may also have heard of adaptogens, which help with focus and mood and sleep and recovery by acting as kind of like a volume-up, volume-down dial on your body. But have you ever thought what would happen if you mix nootropics and adaptogens? Well, this company, MTE, which stands for more than energy, appropriately enough, did just that. They blended 13 carefully selected nootropics and adaptogens into this powder. I've been putting a little bit in my morning glass of water and experimenting with this stuff. And I like it because I think the nootropics could tend to pick you up too much. The adaptogens kind of balance that out. So you get this amazing combination and uh, it's it's pretty low in caffeine. It's got a little touch of caffeine in there, but they use a theocrine, which comes from green tea leaf, structurally similar to caffeine, similar energy benefits without any of the common side effects of caffeine. Very well formulated compound. I've been very impressed. MTE, more than energy. So anyways, you get 20% off your first order. If you go to getmte.com forward slash Ben G, that's getmte.com forward slash Ben G. And there you can use uh, the code Ben G for 20% off your first order. Well, I've looked like Spaceman Spiff lately at my desk because I've got a brand new red light helmet. Not only that, but up on my bed now when I'm reading at night, you know, like those hundred plus thousand red light beds that you see all the biohackers using? Well, I have this mat that I roll out that's like a fraction of the cost of that that gives me full body red light therapy while I'm lying in bed. It's super relaxing too and very rejuvenating. And then I wear the red light helmet at my desk, which helps with kind of turning on the mitochondria in your brain. You should check out some of the studies on red light therapy for the head and hair growth or staving off hair loss and hair coloration. That's very interesting. But anyways, this company, Mito Red Light, they actually have really high quality red light products at a really good price. They've got over 2,000 reviews, over 65,000 ecstatic customers. They've been uh, in the business for five years in red light therapy. And this stuff actually works. Super fun website to shop around on. But I have this Mito Red Light helmet and this Mito Red Light mat that's incredible. I mean, how cool is it that I can not have to spend the price of a couple of Teslas on a red light bed and just lay out this mat on my own bed upstairs? And it's amazing. And then I can just roll it up and put it away or even put it in a suitcase. And you guessed it, travel with it because it's super light. So anyways, you get 5% off of anything from Mito Red Light. Here's how. Go to mitoredlight.com. Just like it sounds. M-I-T-O redlight.com. Use code BGLIFE. Check out the Mito Red Light, Red Light Helmet, and Red Light Mat. I've had some people tell me they start eating sprouts and they get digestive distress. And I tell them, because this happened to me. First couple of weeks, I think there was a little bit of a detoxification effect happening, you know, probably from some of the sulforaphane and other, you know, liver antioxidant pathway upregulators in the sprouts. Have you had that happen before where people start eating sprouts and, and their, their body kind of sort of takes one step back to go two steps forward? Well, if you think about the impact of the gut microbiome, sprouts are a prebiotic, right? The insoluble fiber 
that exists in all plants is a prebiotic. So in order to develop the healthy microbes, in order to break them down, it may take a few days or a few weeks to establish a healthy microbiome to create that level of flow in the system. But the, the long-term stress, and also you can start small. Like I wouldn't take a, uh, you know, a large jar like this, you know, and these sprouted very quickly, these sprouted garbanzo beans. I wouldn't eat this whole thing, you know, go from no plants and no sprouts to starting to eat, you know, four or five, six cups of a sprouted uh, garbanzo bean. But if you're introducing them over time, the body will adjust um, very quickly to adapt to them. Yeah, yeah. So garbanzo beans, uh, I, I tend to get gassed, by the way, from chickpeas, hummus. Like they just don't agree with me. But I can do the sprouted garbanzo beans probably for the reasons that we discussed earlier. I wanted to ask you what your favorites are for sprouting. Like, like I would say broccoli's my favorite. And it's, partially because I enjoy the taste. It's got this nice umami flavor, but then also, of course, the sulforaphane benefits. What are your favorite seeds to sprout, Doug? The sprouted garbanzo beans are like a snack to me that I can eat midday and before dinner, and they're hearty, right? So they actually will fill you up. And one cup of sprouted garbanzo beans is like 250 calories and 20 grams of protein. That's pretty good. So you're actually getting a good protein carbohydrate balance. So I love those as a snack. Um, there's other sprouts like lentils are so sprouted. Like when you sprout a lentil, you double the antioxidant levels, you triple the vitamin C and you're quadrupling the soluble and insoluble fiber. Wow. So if you think about the benefits, you know, of consuming these, is you're getting like the vitamin C, you know, is paramount because vitamin C is one of the only vitamins that the body does not make. So you need an external source of vitamin C. So the idea that you could get it from a low sugar, high fibrous plant in the form of sprouts is extremely powerful. So I like, I like those. Um, I, we, we have at the sprouting company, we have a a protein mix, you know, which has garbanzo and lentils and mung beans and azuki in it. So you're getting an array of various sprouts um, in there. So I like the mixes. And alfalfa, if you think about what does a horse eat alfalfa hay? That's that's what our that's what our goats eat too, by the way. Yeah. So you actually, Ben. And we can we can go offline. I could show you how to create sprouted alfalfa um, sprouts for the goats, and it's just incredible. Oh, no kidding! I'm I'm going to write a note because uh, my my wife will actually want to know about this. She's she's in charge of the uh, the goat and chicken feeding protocols. So I will. Uh, I'm writing notes to myself right now about that. Now, um, what about? And hopefully, this isn't too dumb of a question. But I know if I'm wondering, others probably are. You know, a lot of people are into pumpkin seeds, chia seeds, flax seeds. Can you sprout things like that? Absolutely. You know, chia and flax actually have omega-3 medium chain fatty acids in the form of ALA. And there's a lot of like myths 
that the conversion from ALA into EPA and DHA is inefficient. And I think it's actually quite efficient because that is my source of my omega-3s is by eating chia and flax and occasionally some sea vegetables in the form of nori. And I just checked my omega-3 levels and they're perfect. Do you know what your omega index was? I, I can look it up. I did the, the, the quant test. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I tend to, I tend to look, I mean, above 4% is pretty good. You know, Bill and Christina Harris, Omega researchers from Omega Quant, they say they like to see values closer to 8%. That's surprising if you had good values though, because you are right. You, you, like there is poor conversion of the ALA, but I wonder if a lot of the information out there on that is not investigating a sprouted plant source versus a non-sprouted plant source. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of the information is old and dated, and that's where I want to participate in using myself as evidence and research, even if it's just a body of one, to be able to contribute to how the body can operate. And I could say, Ben, I'm 57, I'm going to be 58 in a few months, and and I've never felt better, had more energy um, had been more fit. Like I just went through this entire process of getting fit last year. I know you do a whole workout routine. I run, you know, three miles a few times a week. And then I do some body weight squats and I average 300 pushups a day. So wow. last year I did about a hundred thousand pushups and you know, I, I, I have the energy. I could do anything. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's incredible. I, I do 100 push-ups a day. I thought I was doing well. Jeez, that, that's, that's actually really good. Now, um, you know, with uh, our nutritional approaches, they differ, right? Like I'm one of those guys who's like, well, I can get a lot of amino acids from meat. So, I, you know, I have steak and chicken and turkey and fish. And I can get a lot more DHA from fish oil and fish than I, than I can from, say, eating plants alone. So I almost use you know, meat and fish and fish oil and things like that for convenience, because frankly, it just, you know, requires me to, to eat less on my plate and get a lot of amino acids and, and omega acids. But the sprouts for me, I throw them in like a condiment, like I sprinkle a little bit on salad, I have a little side with dinner, I put some in my smoothie, etc. But I know you have a lot of different ways that you use sprouts. For you, what are some of your Favorite recipes that are your go-tos as far as sprouts, besides just eating them straight out of the jar? Yeah, I mean, it used to be, I used to eat big salads and I'd have baby lettuces and other kale and other things. And now, instead of adding sprouts to my salad, I use sprouts, a full jar of sprouts as the basic of a salad. So that's just one obvious part. And then I have all sorts of dressings from a tahini dressing to a balsamic dressing to a, um, a Mexican or Mediterranean style. I make this beautiful olive tapenade um, that I use to mix in with the sprouts. So the, the, the sprouts as a salad base is just kind of a huge breakthrough. You couldn't afford to do it if you were buying the sprouts in the, in the grocery store, but if you're growing the sprouts, you can get a whole jar as the base. The second thing that I love is I use sprouts to make sushi. So I make sushi rolls 
And not only did the sprouts replace the fish and re they replaced the rice and they replaced the other vegetables. So I'm laying out the sprouts and I'm wrapping them in the sushi and I could still use the other things that make sushi interesting. I could use wasabi, I could use ginger, I could use a various um, sauces, but I can make a really tight a sushi wrap with a variety of sprouts. So that's another thing. Um, so I used to add sprouts to my soup, but now I will take almost any soup and use that as a dressing to add on top of the sprouts. Yeah, I, I actually, I have a big piping hot cup of bone broth a few times a week with lunch and I heat it up over the stovetop and I drop a handful of sprouts and then I sprinkle, there's a guy named Dr. Thomas Cowan. He has this organic heirloom vegetable powder company and I put a sprinkling of a few of his vegetable powders like the Ashitaba or he has one called low oxalate greens into the bone broth, put a handful of sprouts in that. And I mean, you could almost have that alone as a meal. And that's a great idea too, regarding the sushi. By the way, another company that's really nice is Primal Kitchen Dressings. They have these Caesars and ranches and they just taste fantastic with sprouts. But what about dehydration? Okay, could you make like a dehydrated crunchy sprout snack? A absolutely. You know, basically the, the various forms of preservation, right, are freezing, dehydration, and freeze drying, right? So the thing that I like about sprouts in their whole form is that you're getting the water content as well. So when you dehydrate them, you're removing the water molecules, you're left with the cytoplasm, but you're still left with, by and large, if you're doing low temperature dehydration, you're still getting living enzymatically rich food that stores well. So for traveling purposes, um, dehydrating them, light dehydration is a great way to be able to travel with the sprouts. But my first go-to is always fresh. And I've been sprouting on the go. Literally, I took the cooler, I took the sprouting jars. And it's interesting, when I went through security, they thought the sprouting jars were liquid. Oh. And their, their TSA was so quick to want to grab them. I'm like, no, that's just vegetable storage in glass. So I, I've been consistently being able to get through security with sprouts in the jar. And the crazy thing, I traveled last week from New York to San Francisco, back to Wonder Valley Hot Springs. It was a 16-hour day. You could see how the sprouts grew during uh -huh. the transportation that where I started to where they ended in the 17 hours later. Yeah, they're like Chia Pets, literally. So, so in terms of the storage, we mentioned that the freezer will, of course, be a great place. You gave that, that ice cube tray tip. But if I put them in the refrigerator, about how long and are there signs that they might be getting old or certain smells you should look for as far as the sprout longevity in the fridge? Yeah, I think part of our human nature survival is using all of our senses. So if something feels slimy, you know, that's, we don't want to eat that. If something looks right, if the crisp whites are starting to turn off white and brown, that's not a good sign. And if it smells funky, you don't want to eat it. But basically, I think that if you're storing the sprouts in a semi-open air container, 
you could successfully store them for two to three days um, without any question, and they will stay fresh. Well, this is pretty cool. Just put the finishing touches on a luxury VIP retreat in the Swiss mountains. So you may have seen a little bit of rumblings about this on social media, but the beautiful Six Senses Retreat, all-inclusive luxury locale in beautiful Crans, Montana, Switzerland, has graciously allowed me to bring a maximum of up to 10 folks, and this could be individuals, couples, families, into a transformative experience there where I'm going to lead breath work, hikes, workouts. You'll get hands-on foraging adventures with nature's freshest ingredients in their cooking class locale there. You're going to get a chance to do amazing spa treatments, a meticulously curated program. You'll get to meet my wife and my sons who will be there. Again, families are welcome. You can bring one or two or three kids. You can make it a couple's retreat. If you want to go solo, you can. There's a limited number of rooms where we're prioritizing couples and families. But again, if you want to get in, this thing is coming up around the corner, April 17th through the 21st, 2024. So it will be all-inclusive. You'll want to fly into Geneva, Switzerland, assuming you want to get into the closest airport. I've already got our flights. Uh, you'll want to mic your calendar for April 17th through the 21st. And here's how to get in. You go to bengreenfieldlife.com slash six senses 24. That's bengreenfieldlife.com slash six senses 24. And again, it's going to be incredible all the way down to like evening sing-alongs and stargazing and yoga and meditation. And again, the spa there is incredible. Six senses is known for having incredible retreats around the world, but this one in Switzerland is supposed to be one of the best. I can't wait. I led a retreat in Portugal last year and people just said it was the most amazing experience of their lives. This one will be just as good, if not better. So go to bengreenfieldlife.com slash six senses 24 and you can get in on this retreat that's coming up right around the corner, April 17th through the 21st. I hope to see you there. We just use the Pyrex glass containers in the fridge, though I'm going to start freezing some now because we tend to occasionally get excess. You know, after a few days, it'll get a little slimy and you throw them out, but, or my wife gives them to the chickens actually, but that's a good idea about the freezing. I'm going to remember that. So this sprouting system that you have, what's it? It's just called the sprouting company, right? Yeah. The sprouting company. What, 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 you know, um, and my, my, my co-founder, Mike Posner, right. He went through this whole transformation from being pop artist to walking across the country and climbing Mount Everest and doing the Wim Hof breath work. And then he realized that there was an opportunity to upgrade his nutrition. So he started to sprout and he put out six jars and, and what, when he was starting, it was such an effort to go buy, you know, one jar and to buy a lid and to get the stand and to get the drip tray. And they were small and people were using iPad stands, you know, and football tees to hold them up. So we just said, hey, we want to have something that's glass, that's stainless steel, that's large, that looks good and that could function. And then on the seeds, you know, in the beginning, when I didn't know everything that I knew now, I was just getting seeds from the bulk bin in the grocery store. And after I did the research for the book, 
I realized how important the seeds were because that's what I was ultimately consuming. So I wanted to make sure that we got seeds that were all um, organic, all tested for pathogens, tested for a high germination rate. And Ben, this quarter we're going to introduce that all of our seeds have been tested, third-party lab tested for glyphosate residue. So these are the first seeds that are on the market where every one has been tested for glyphosate, aka Roundup, to make sure there's no Roundup ready residue, you know, which is a terrible neurotoxin. Yeah, I, I was getting the broccoli and friends mixed from Amazon. And then once you started generating your own sprouts, especially based on our last discussion, our last podcast, we went deep into the issue with glyphosate and toxins on a lot of different sprouting seeds that you get, and also the low germination rates, right? Like that's important because otherwise you're going to sprout and you might get very poor conversion of a lot of the seeds into the actual sprout, right? Yeah. Well, the you know, if you're just throwing something into the garden, if some things germinate, some things don't, it doesn't matter because it's all going to compost. But if you're, if you're growing the sprouts to eat, germination really matters. And Ben, you'll really appreciate this. Also, you mentioned the sulforaphane. You know, we did some testing, right, when, when I was writing the book and after the book, where I bought seeds from everywhere, and I sent them to third-party lab to understand what levels of sulforaphane or the precursor glucoraphanin. And the crazy thing was, some of them had, say, 30, level 30, some had 40, um, the highest ones that we were able to get were 55. But the crazy thing is some had zero. So here you're, I, I was buying broccoli seeds online thinking that I'm going to get some sulforaphane and they had zero levels. And so I took it a further that I sent it out to another lab to get them sequenced, the DNA sequenced. And turns out they weren't specifically broccoli. They were in the brassica family, but they weren't actually broccoli. So that kind of motivated me to actually put out a um, third-party lab verified high glucoraphanin uh, broccoli seed. So that's coming out as well. Yeah. So basically what I used to do, you know, after we did our first podcast was I just had the cheapo glass mason jars. And like you mentioned with the iPad stands or the golf tees, I'd just try and get them to stand at about that recommended 45 degree angle in a dark section of the pantry and they'd occasionally tip over and then I put little towels underneath them to soak up the water. And this new sprouting system, basically, you sent, I think I got my first batch maybe a couple of months ago. You take it out of the package and it's just the perfect angle. I believe it's 45 degrees. You got the lid on there. You got the glass jar. You got the stainless steel. And then every shipment comes with this order. I mean, I got four bags of seeds. I think I got eight now. And you send out the high germination, low glyphosate seeds you send out the entire sprouting kit and it's super simple, but then you have this app too. Tell me, tell me about how the app works. Yeah. I mean, basically the app is a giveaway, whether someone is buying our seeds or not, because I was literally getting bombarded, you know, across TikTok and Instagram and my LinkedIn, people were just bombarding me with questions because they didn't know how to sprout. So I said, well, what are the biggest issues People don't know when to soak, when to rinse, when to harvest. So we just created an app as a free utility that someone can actually 
follow the process, get push notifications, and learn how to sprout in the app. And the app is, you can just download that for free on the app store, right? Exactly. The Sprouting Company app, and you could, there, there's a link off of the website as well. I'll link to that in the show notes. If you go to bengreenfieldlife.com slash sprouting podcast, I got some insider deals and discounts for Doug's sprouting systems and the seeds. But then, of course, you can get the app for free. And even though we're old school and we still have the post that's going on the kitchen counter, the app also has reminders on it about when to when to do your rinsings and your your uh, final harvesting of the sprouts, right? Yeah, I mean that was the big thing because what happens is, you know, everyone people aren't just sitting around doing nothing, right? So they're running around, um, and this is just a reminder. And we found that the adoption of the app has just been terrific, and. You know, since I wrote the book, Ben, and I sent you an early copy of the book, you know, in early 2000, you know, tens of thousands of copies of the book have been sold, but hundreds of thousands of people, you know, are starting to sprout around the world and we're starting to see the success. Now, you had asked another question that I, I want to circle back to um, on the benefits of sprouting and these quote unquote anti-nutrients, okay. right? So the essence of the anti-nutrient is part of the phytochemicals that exist in the plants. So if there, there's a difference between phytochemicals and phytonutrients and these quote unquote anti-nutrients are to protect the plants from their predators, which are insects. In terms of humans, the anti-nutrients actually, if anything, can have a anti-cancer protecting property. They can actually protect the body and create a hermetic effect. And that's what causes these metabolic changes in the body. So if you think about the new research that's coming out from Dr. Jed Fahey at Johns Hopkins University on broccoli sprouts, sulforaphane, and autism, that's because of the anti-nutrients are creating heat shock protein impact in the brain. So it's actually simulating the effect of getting a fever. So it's a very benign reaction, but it's enough to actually trigger metabolic positive metabolic actions in the body. You, you mean that the heat shock proteins or the HSPs are having a beneficial effect? Beneficial effect, yeah. similar to um, a sauna, um, a hot bath, or even a cold plunge, you're getting the HSPs. Yeah, yeah, or even you know, over in, in Europe, especially, they use cancer hyperthermia to, uh, to enhance chemotherapy or to even act as a standalone treatment for cytotoxicity. I've actually done one of those sessions myself just to experiment with it and, and undergo this hyperthermia. And it's uh, extremely hot for a very long period of time. But you can imagine, at, at least if you had cancer, the amount of cytotoxicity that that amount of heat and heat shock proteins could produce. So it's actually pretty good medicine. Uh, you know, Doug, this sprouting system and the app, I think it's going to be a game changer. I know that uh, we've been planning out this podcast for some time as far as me wanting to get you on the show to talk about it. I think everybody listening in should own one, get one, get some seeds, try out sprouting. I think it's just going to change your diet. 
it, it's absolutely going to change the amount of money that you spent at the grocery store on expensive sprouts. We probably save, I would estimate, probably about 30 to 40 bucks a week just doing our own sprouts compared to the volume that we buy from the grocery store. So, Doug, I want to congratulate you on the launch of the Sprouting Company and this app and encourage you to keep up the great work and maybe write another recipe book in the meantime. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been meeting with chefs literally around the country and around the world, and they love sprouts. And the biggest thing that I'm whispering into their ear was you don't need to use the sprouts just as a garnish now. You can actually put them as the center of the of the plate. So that was really exciting to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course, I know you can add you can add recipes to the app, too. So that's obviously another platform where people can get those. So uh, and, and again, that one's free in the app store and all the show notes are going to be at bengreenfieldlife.com slash sprouting podcast. Doug, it was a pleasure having you on for a second time. Everybody, if you enjoyed this interview, if you want to hear more about Doug, his backstory and more about Sprouts, check out our first show. Check out his book, The Sprouts Book. Check out The Sprouting Company, their seeds and their sprouting systems. Check out the free app. And until next time, I'm Ben Greenfield, along with Doug Evans, signing out from bengreenfieldlife.com. Have an amazing week. Do you want free access to comprehensive show notes, my weekly roundup newsletter, cutting edge research and articles, top recommendations from me for everything that you need to hack your life and a whole lot more. Check out bengreenfieldlife.com. It's all there. bengreenfieldlife.com. See you over there. Most of you who listen, don't subscribe, like, or rate this show. If you're one of those people who do, then huge thank you. But here's why it's important to subscribe, like, and or rate this show. If you do that, that means we get more eyeballs, we get higher rankings, and the bigger the Ben Greenfield Life Show gets, the bigger and better the guests get, and the better the content I'm able to deliver to you. So hit subscribe, leave a ranking, leave a review if you got a little extra time. It means way more than you might think. Thank you so much. In compliance with the FTC guidelines, please assume the following about links and posts on this site. Most of the links going to products are often affiliate links, of which I receive a small commission from sales of certain items. But the price is the same for you, and sometimes I even get to share a unique and somewhat significant discount with you. In some cases, I might also be an investor in a company I mention. I'm the founder, for example, of Keon LLC, the makers of Keon branded supplements and products, which I talk about quite a bit. Regardless of the relationship, if I post or talk about an affiliate link to a product, it is indeed something I personally use, support, and with full authenticity and transparency, recommend in good conscience. I personally vet each and every product that I talk about. My first priority is providing valuable information and resources to you that help you positively optimize your mind, body, and spirit. And I'll only ever link to products or resources, affiliate or otherwise, that fit within this purpose. So there's your fancy legal disclaimer.